Hello, everyone, and a warm welcome back to the Centre Left Politics Podcast with myself, Malcolm Clark, and my co-hosts, Owen Gardner and Carl Quilliam. This being our first podcast of 2024, we hope you had a great Christmas, or it does feel very late to say it. And of course, a happy new year for 2024. Remember to subscribe via YouTube, Spotify, and or iTunes, and share what we do with your friends. Um, Noting that this could take a while, guys, because it's been quite a while since our last show, but how was your Christmas break starting? Owen, how's it all been going since we last saw you? Uh, well, it was fine until Christmas Eve, and I got flu. Uh, oh. So um, until January the 2nd, uh, well, it, was, it just wasn't very pleasant, really. It was horrible, uh, strain of flu. Um, and then been out to York, uh, and then, yeah. Canvassing here and there, got a bit cold on Monday. Um, but uh, yeah, a bit quiet over Christmas, really. But about, yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, I got a cold over Christmas. I can't beat either of you, but I'm not going to spoil Carl's update. Um, but I uh, definitely wasn't too great, but I didn't have any sort of major illness, it was just a bit under the weather. But it is very cold at the minute up here, Carl. It's freezing, about feels like about well, tonight I drove back uh, from work and it was about minus it feels about minus five or six out there it's really cool but how was your how was your break carl yeah i mean i think we're sort of competing this is competing illness stories now isn't it? yeah <laughs> who's had the worst time over christmas now i had a nice christmas up until um i think it was about 29th of december there was a sort of domino effect where my cousin got covid and then he gave it to my auntie who gave it to my mom who gave it to me and then what happened was uh, my wife left me. She uh, she um, <laughs> she didn't actually leave me. She just abandoned me in Leeds because we were all in Leeds with the family um, and drove down to London to try and avoid getting it, which she managed to do. So um, that, that was that was a saving grace of the whole thing. But it meant I was stuck in Leeds um, <laughs> for a couple of weeks recovering. Um, mm-hmm mainly watching uh, the new season of The Traitors, which I think is quite a good sort of way to start a new a new year when it's a general election year, you know. So, <laughs> so um, yeah. Great. Um, so Carl wins the, 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 the illness battle. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that you're both on the mend, at least. Uh, and we can look, look forward to better times ahead. Unlike Rishi Sunak... <laughs> nice one. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Um, start of the week to go on. But yes, great to see you both. Um, going to give a quick overview on the topics that we plan to cover for this week. Uh, now, there's a little bit of mixing and matching here. So we're going to be covering stuff that just to get our views on things that aren't necessarily like bang up to date. But uh, the first one we pretty much have to discuss, obviously, the Rwanda bill um, <clears throat> that's now passed the third reading stage and headed off to the Lords for some butchery um but we're going to talk about the fact that there was a lot of talk wasn't there i mean unlimited talk really about the tories that's going to rebel are they going to lose is soon i going to have to go to the polls is he going to see this as a conference vote etc etc uh but in the end only 11 people uh, 11 mps tory mps voted against the bill in a rebellion um <clears throat> so we're going to talk about whether that's a victory for rishi sunak or just simply a deferring of problems ahead we'll get the views of the panel on that um Rishi Sunak was heard about a week ago now, I think, saying that the working assumption is for an election in the second half of the year. So we're going to chat about that. And we've also got some predictions later on about 
um, when we think that exactly might be. Has anything changed in the last month? Are we still? Are we any further forward in knowing when to cast our ballots? That I do postally, so I don't. Even though I kind of still go to the polls to drop it in because I, but I still get it by post. It's weird. Um, Jeremy Corbyn, remember him? He's rumoured to be launching a new party within days. That was actually last week. It hasn't happened, but uh, we're going to discuss if. He's if rather that... surprised there now. Is it? Well, I mean. Yeah. People... Oh. Anyone who listens to us and probably follows politics. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the time this comes out, you might have launched it, you know. Yeah. We've just broken something new. Apart from Carl's wife leaving him, which and then and then not leaving him. Um <laughs> well, who knows? Did she come back tonight? We'll find out later. Um <laughs> well, Was it all a dream. <laughs> I mean we should it's like it's like the office, isn't it, where he goes, she left you yet? Oh, yes, yeah. Um, so we don't do that <laughs> find out next week like, oh, bad 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 um, Wellingborough by election Tories have selected the partner of Peter Bone which is very I mean you think you've seen it all and then you know um, meaning that Peter Bone now won't stand as an independent because he'll be standing against his partner um, is that a huge own goal by the Conservatives a masterstroke or just incompetence playing itself out we're going to do that and then a couple of extra, if we have time, we're going to. The Green Party's promised to stand a full slate of candidates for the first time. We're going to, and uh, also talks have begun with the civil service uh, between Keir Starmer and. Um, interesting how that's framed. We're going to talk about that as well, and then we've got some predictions. So I've spoken for a long time. I'm going to invite either one of you, if you want, to introduce the Rwanda Bill section. Carl, do you fancy it? If not, I'm more than happy to to blast through the initial. Open gambit, or I think everyone probably knows to be honest. <laughs> we actually just start by opening to you guys saying it passed only 11 rebellions. What do you think? Um, yeah, it's all right, Thanks, it's done, Carl, isn't it? <laughs> so sorry, Carl. Carry on. Um, yeah, it's, I'm a bit tired of it all, if I'm honest. Um, it's a it's all a bit weird and pathetic. It's not working how it's supposed to work. You know, it's, it's supposed to be a big kind of centerpiece. Stop it. You know, it's all about stopping the boats. He's like, he's sort of said, oh, we've, st- the, I can't remember the line or something like we've, st- the stop, the, the boats have reduced, but now we need to start the flights or something. Um, and that's his sort of, his, to be fair to him, his was better than whatever it is that, I, that just came out of my mouth. But um, but it's it's supposed to be this kind of centerpiece of his campaign, but it's just caused an endless row within the party. Um, there's lots been lots of grandstanding. Thirty uh, P Lee has been the kind of face of a lot of that because uh, he resigned from his very important position um, to in order to vote against the bill, and then only voted for the amendments and then was going to vote against the bill, but he got teased by some people in the Labour Party, so he abstained instead, (laughs) (laughs) which is objectively funny. I mean, it's just a weird thing to do um, as someone who's supposed to be, you know, a legislator. um, If you hold, you know, I disagree with him on probably everything, but if you hold a view like that, it feels, and you're in a position to, you know, cast a vote, it feels like, and you've said that you will, it feels like you should probably go ahead with it. Uh, just the fact that a few people have teased you probably isn't the, the best reason to to walk backwards out of the lobby. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it, it just is, I think, 
they're it feels like they're starting as they mean to, you know start they're starting how they ended the year and they're sort of starting as they mean to go on in the, in the right election there was a poll i mean there's been some awful polling for them. I mean, it's also been so that it's being used by enemies of sunak as well so lord frost and a group of um unidentified um tories have paid for a, an mrp poll that was quite scary for the tories uh, there was any YouGov poll that I don't think was paid for by his enemies. Um, I think it was today or yesterday, which basically shows the Tories would be on forty seats if the election was tomorrow. Um, so yeah, I mean it's just all going wrong for them, as far as I can see. Um, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's just emblematic of everything we've come to expect and what we're probably going to expect for the rest of the year until we have an election, I think. Um, but yeah, I think obviously we've got to remember inflation calls. So 30p Lee is now 74 pence Lee. Um, <laughs> make sure that we're giving the Tories credit for what they've done to the, to the, to the Sterling. Owen, what's your views on the uh, early, I guess remember that we're at the, I'll come back in after you've spoken, but it's now gone to Lords. Um, is it, is it sort of, Victory for Sunak, I know that's how they wanted to paint it. Um, or is this just sort of the next step in a, a longer process? Well, it's how they've spun it, isn't it, really? Um, it's, uh, it's certainly not a big victory if 11 people uh, rebel. Um, apparently, Andrea Denkin spoke to Sky and said that um, they only need 20 more letters of no, no confidence to go in uh, based on uh, yesterday's vote, but never mind. Um, I think it is. It's, it's how they mean to well, finish and then st- start of the year, how they mean to go on, really. They, they are running out of road very rapidly. Um, and Lord Dobson on Channel 4 News tonight saying, uh, I was asked a question, about, are they going to rush it through and try and force the Lords to uh, back them? He said, well, firstly, they, won't, they can't do that. We'll take it as long as we like. And secondly, the one thing they don't have is time. There's an election coming this year, so um, it's going to be messy, I think, in the Lords. I think it will be difficult for Sunak. He hates conflict of any kind, um, and he'll be criticised, which will make him even more red in the face and foot stompy, um, at least based in 2017 in the general election. But, um, yeah, it's just a mess, and it, it really is time for general election, really. But that's just the ongoing sort of sore that we're all itching at. <laughs> Yeah. Um, also, uh, I was just going to quickly point out um, that it going into the Lords, as you say, on really good point you made about the the time it's going to take. Um, that they also were, were sort of trialing the the date of the budget as a sort of a guarantee that I don't know that was almost like a you know a flash to sort of say you know it might be election time then, but it certainly doesn't really get onto that after. Um, I was sort of interested how they sort of framed it as a, a victory for Rishi Sunak. I can see why they tried to do that. Um, but I, I think it's rather hollow because ultimately the Lords are going to probably amend it. Um, they reckon there might even be a kill motion go on it. Um, but ultimately the Commons can force it through. Uh, it felt to me like the Tories made themselves look a bit silly, in my opinion, because they talked really big game, like this is going to go down. And it was just, quote-unquote, the usual suspects who actually voted against it. Um, just a point on on uh, on Andrea Jenkins. Uh, what she probably doesn't realise is sending her own letter in 40 times doesn't count. Um, <laughs> so I think 
I mean, I would be surprised if if they were anywhere near that threshold right now. Um, because she, and she wouldn't know. We all know how closely guarded Graham Brady keeps stuff like that anyway. So I don't think she would know that. I think it's a bit of a bit of naughtiness happening there, which she's, she's kind of known for. Um, so I just started asking you guys as well, just while we're on. Uh, when this comes back from the Lords, do we think that the result will be any different or do you think it's just going to go through now with those 11 kind of marking the line in the sand now? I think it'll, yeah, I think it'll just go through if it, assuming it comes back from the Lords. But I think that, I think at this point they've sort of, even if it doesn't pass, I think they've probably done what they wanted to do. Um, in terms of the election, because they're Sonak's setting it up now, and he's got past the kind of internal fighting, and what he's hoping and what he's done is he's kind of set it up as a test for Labour and the Lords to say, you know, you're if you don't do this quickly enough, then you're getting in the way of the will of the people. So if they don't do it before an election, he can say, well, actually, I need a mandate for this thing, um, and they can make the election at least partly about this. Um, which I think is, you know, it seems to have been the plan all along. There's, there's mm-hmm. a kind of that's always going to always planned to have been a big thread. It's you know Isaac Levido, who's the Crosby texter guy, who's uh, now in the press quite a lot because he's briefing Tory MPs about their campaign plans and things like that. He's come from a campaign where they had a lot of success uh, on a kind of similar kind of stop the boats kind of uh, policy. I don't think it translates in the same way here. Um, but it'll it certainly will motivate a proportion of Tories. It's also they're now worried, and this the kind of polling of the last week or so has both reflected, but also I think yeah, some of it has been designed to highlight the threat of reform and the sort of mm-hmm. Nigel Farage. Um, there's also been loads of you know, bearing in mind that, and we're going to talk about the timing of the election after this but i think it'll bleed a bit into this conversation because actually the election now is likely to be um around the same time as the american election so there'll be kind of the the trump stuff will be in the news at the same time there'll be a kind of hard let's let's say hard right um albeit trump is a bit weird in terms of actually how his politics sits but there'll be certainly a, he'll, he's always had a big focus on immigration there'll be all that happening that'll be part of you know our conversation to some degree as well um so the, all of that will be happening there'll be pr- pressure from reform so this is their kind of centerpiece to try and lock those voters back in um we'll see whether it works i mean the the polling that i mentioned already um they did specific polling on all of select pledges five pledges um, and the pub, a majority of the public um, thought that Labour were better placed uh, to deliver on all of them <laughs> than, than the Conservatives, uh, including immigration. Um, so it's, yeah, to Owen's point, it's it's not working, is it, at the moment? <laughs> uh, maybe it will work, but at the moment it's it's just getting worse and worse and worse for them. Um, and, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think the Lord stuff will be kind of interesting, like you say, how they deal with it, whether it's whether they take a long time, whether they try and kill it. Um, what's David Cameron gonna do? You know, is he gonna is he gonna try and do a 
sort of a a wonderful speech to save the day in the House of Lords, um, which is much more difficult to do in the House of Lords anyway. But um, yeah, I'll do it anywhere else. (laughs) Um, Not allowed. But I was really interested in what you said there, Carl, about the uh, the sort of the, I guess the exposure of that hard right argument in sort of late this year because it looks like when Trump sort of won Iowa, realistically, there's nobody really coming through that's going to test him in terms of being the nominee for the Republican Party. It looks very likely he's going to get it, even though the other two could could go quite close. It doesn't seem like they're going to going to get over the line. They're just the profile's just so much far behind behind Trump, despite all of his legal troubles and everything else. Um, but yeah, so it's quite interesting that that could be the sort of dominant message coming like from a global area, and it gives them an interesting platform to sort of jump on that in some ways. Um, so quite interesting there. Or have you got any sort of final points on this to make before we move yeah, on? The, the whole thing is tonight for going off on the unelected lords and whatever and the will of the people. This sort of proves the fundamental irony at the heart of the problem when he can't even win an internal election against Liz Trump. Um, so if he's going to set up the Lord as a where he's going to like the head is going to die on it, it seems completely stupid. I mean, I know they're kind of out of options. So all I really got is a bit of Bolton pushing a, a line that maybe Sonak doesn't agree with. But it's just I don't know. It just it just seems messy in the extreme, and that's not a good place to be in at the start of the year. God knows what happened uh, um, by November, but we'll see. Yeah, it seems like he's he has sort of dodged a bullet. This could definitely have been, you know, had the Tories not. And like I, you know, like I say in other areas, this could have been a problem. But they do have a tendency of when it counts to fall into line, and they seem quite good at sort of getting out of, you know, this kind of where it looks perilous, and then comes to the vote, and it all just seems to dissipate and move away. Um, like a like a mist, you know, and it's interesting that when Labour has these battles, we tend to follow through in the in the lobbies, which can be problematic. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna move on then. Um, we're gonna see. Obviously, we'll keep an eye on that because it's got you know a few more rounds to go. Um, and then the Lords, interesting to see, you know, how they amend it if they do and how they proceed. There's always the sort of respect for the Commons that underpins everything in there and. <laughs> Yeah, what Cameron will do is always an extra little bit of drama that we enjoy at the moment. So just moving on to the election then. Um, unfortunately for Rishi Sunak, every time he stands up, he's going to get asked, you know, by the way, when's the election? I think that's why he said the working assumption was for a second half of the year election. That was said pretty much bang after New Year. And in, in an attempt, I think, to just kind of somehow defer this question for a little while. And the announcement of the budget date, again, which he said the working assumption is for a second half of the year general election um, and the budget date of the 5th of March was supposed to rule out any speculation. Didn't quite happen the way he wanted um, because I think people sort of maybe thought, is this a starting gun? For the, you know, is he going to say, this is our budget and PS, we need a mandate to deliver it. And by the way, um, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. Do you, any of you think, I'll start with you first, Owen, if I may. Um, do you think anything's changed and how did you receive that sort of, Working assumption, given that it's him that decides, although it's not only him, clearly he'll take you know advice and etc. I always think it's interesting when people say it's just him because it clearly he's not just going to wake up one day and go right, you know, Charles on the phone out of the operating theatre and let the rock, you know. So we'll we'll see. Um, so how yeah, how did you receive that, and do you think anything's changed? Um, well, the one thing with Sonak is he's not very good when he's off the cuff, 
and he always says things that don't necessarily match up to not necessarily reality, but it don't really match up to policy. Mm. Um, there is one major headache that they've got, uh, and I come back to Northern Ireland because it is my sort of thing. The biggest single strike ever in its history today because Stormont's not up and running. So logically, all they've got left in the cupboard is Chris Eaton Harris calling a Stormont election. They can't have it at the end of the year, uh, not least because of America. Um, the best time really is May because it avoids all of the sort of interreligious uh, sort of festivals that happen, that kind of thing. So, I'm probably more convinced it's made in November, personally. Um, it hasn't really changed much of my thought process on that. Uh, equally, looking at sort of information coming out from different places, I mean, they've actually started putting certain Tory MPs who have been completely invisible since they were first elected on social media. Um, and they're re-announcing lots of things, like in New York, they've re-announced for the 18th time the dual track of the A64. Uh, so they're really desperate for stuff to put out. And it's even with a new uh, mayoral candidate, who will probably win because North Yorkshire, but just think what might happen is they'll start arguing at the start of next month. And that's when the boil will burst. They'll have the budget and then he'll say, finally, enough's enough. I can go off to America and make my, much more money uh, as opposed to here. And equally, I mean, his wife closed down Catherine Ventures UK uh, last week, week before. Uh, and to avoid that, uh, she paid a hefty amount of charity. So what is, what are the, what, what's her plans? Is she staying in the UK or is she going with him? That's the, the thing. And I think the closer the budget comes and the closer that money comes, Maybe shift the dial slightly and, and, and sort of put it onto that big red button of story uh, destruction. Yeah, yeah, no, no, good, go, go, good points. I, I think um, the interesting for me is is what point does the pressure get too much? Because they're going to this comes to a sort of tipping point where you just may as well go because it's just all too much. Carl, what was your views on on where we are now compared to maybe when we last did a podcast? Um, so I. Uh, well, we've talked about this quite a few times, and um, I've always disagreed um, with Owen, and sometimes with you, Malcolm, about May. I I always thought it would be October, November. Um, I, just before Christmas, I almost convinced myself that there was a a good chance, uh, yeah, a decent chance of May. Um, albeit, I still thought um, October, November was a better option. I, I my working assumption always has been. That the logic of it, um, if you're a normal prime minister, October November makes sense because why wouldn't you hold on just to wait and see what happens and to you know to give yourself that longer term? I think the argument is that uh, the argument on the other side is that Rishi Sunak is bad at politics, like he doesn't really know what he's doing most of the time, um, and so he might think that he could pull the trigger early and do a slightly better job just by wrong-footing people. And I'd sort of got myself to that place where, you know, just before Christmas, I think partly because if you remember just before Christmas, the Labour Party really ramped up their talk of a, a May election, um, both for the party to try and get us lot going and knocking on doors and <laughs> doing all those things that we're supposed to do, but also, I think, to kind of push Sunak really into 
doing what he did in the, the beginning of the new year because it the there was basically got to a point where he had to say something to dampen expectations otherwise people the expectation of a may election would have ramped up and up and up and up and up so i think what he said makes it most likely that we're going to have an october november election i think your point about the budget and the wording that he used because he couldn't be quite you know, he he need he wanted to give himself that wiggle room, gives him the wiggle room. So if in a few weeks he thinks, you know, or if the budget looks like it's done a really good job, you know, they find some big tax break and everyone thinks they're lovely all of a sudden, uh, it gives him the wiggle room to do it. But I just don't, I don't think it'll happen. And I don't think they're actually, so I read something on Conservative Home just before Christmas, which was... Um, you know, reg- regular reader of Conservative Home, <laughs> but they, they, the central office, Conservative central office, tried to push through um, emergency candidate elections just before um, Christmas. There was a massive uproar from associations, and they backed down, which means they haven't, they still haven't got their candidates selected, um, and that is a problem if they can't do emergencies but yeah they'll have to do a lot of emergency selections basically as they call the election which is a one of the logistical problems i think that they'll have so i think yeah still gonna i still think it's gonna be october november um and but we'll wait and see um <clears throat> the only thing the only other thing i'd say um i don't know if you guys have started and I, I hate to plug another podcast on our podcast i'm sure they don't get quite as many listeners as us but um the How to Win an Election podcast with Danny Finkelstein, Peter Mandelson, and Polly McKenzie um, actually is, is quite good, or can be quite good. And they were talking about it um, before Christmas and, um, and in the new year. And Danny Finkelstein, who has occasionally been an advisor to Rishi Zemeck and others in the Conservative Party, close to David Cameron and George Osborne, um, basically thinks as I do. So he, he you know, before Christmas, he was saying... Very early in the new year, Rishi Sunak needs to dampen expectations of an election if he's not going to call one. Um, mm. And now he has. He's Danny Finkelstein as a you know conservative thinker uh, and lord <laughs> reckons that actually that's fairly settled now, um, and I kind of agree with him, which is unusual because normally I I use him as quite a good barometer of uh, things that I disagree with, but. <laughs> So that's an interesting for me. That's a quite an interesting one as well, just to be on the same page as him. I bet, um, but I do think I think I probably for me there's a. I'm not sort of I sort of find myself moving between the two in some ways, but I think I fall like for me if if you said you know in I don't know eleven weeks twelve twelve weeks he's going to call an election I feel like that would be a surprise to me. Um, it's coming around quite quick. But also, I always think that, and this is again maybe where I sort of fall at the top of the political drama that we sometimes enjoy too much, is that it feels to me like with the sh- with the set piece final, you know, big speech at the conference in September or whenever it's early October, that seems to be the obvious place to, you know, with the biggest spotlight on you. I'm sure Labour will try and do something to take that away. Um, but you know, with that sh- showpiece to sort of say, right, this is our big set piece moment to sort of lay it all out and just go for it then and and come what may we'll just give it a go um it gives them a chance to you know work hard i mean they have to 
they can't if they have if they're already presuming that nothing's going to work, then they've already lost. So they have to at least be strategizing that you know we can take the summer to build out our messages, you know, get our manifesto out there, you know, get whatever benefit we can get from the things that we're saying, and then come conference, you know, just throw the kitchen sink at it and see what happens. I do. I've heard the the date of fourth of November's been chucked about a little bit. Whether that's just you know Chinese whispers coming out, which you know people are just sort of taking that on, I don't know. But we'll wait and see. Um, for me personally, I, th- I think later on. But you know, whenever it comes, it'll be really interesting, and it'll be interesting to see what eventually, if there is one, is the trigger to that actually going ahead. Um, everyone's waiting for that. I think it, it's so, but it's so febrile that there was a, a some sort of briefing that went out earlier today, and I forget the, the details sadly. But it was something about he was gonna give a press conference on something when they just the pre- they had to make the point that the lectern will not be there. <laughs> it's not a general election announcement. It's just he's just coming out to say something. Um so that's really, really interesting. But I think, you know, the pressure will increase. You know, if if we get to May or we get to when it won't be May, people are then gonna say, well, okay, so it's not May. It's not May now. We 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 get that. When is it? You know, so there's gonna be that sort of Increase so as soon as we get to say March and he hasn't called it, and he's obviously not going to call it, then in that scenario, people then say, "Well, you know, the the window is shrinking," is what I'm saying, and I think that's that that'll be where it gets really sort of intense at that stage. Um, any final comments? Oh, we've pretty much done that one. I imagine pretty well. Um, okay, so the the next one is uh, our old friend Jeremy Corbyn has been rumoured to be launching a new party. Laura Pidcock came out on Order Order and said that, that she wasn't part of that, if it was going on. Actually, no, she denied he was doing it, so she, she sort of denied being involved in it because there wasn't one, not she wouldn't be involved in it. Um, yeah, I guess, I suppose there's, when I think about it, there's not a lot to discuss on this, but do you think that he <laughs> may do something like that? I mean, he clearly didn't do it when it was rumoured last week when I put it on the, the notes. Um, do you think that he might do? Carl, you're still going, I'm going to bring you in first and say... <laughs> um, so I was going to ask, because I can't... Re- I remember seeing it and I forgot... Was it in Politico that it came out? Sort of friends of Jeremy Corbyn said he's going to do this. I couldn't remember where it came Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been sort of trailed a couple of times like it's it's about <laughs> to happen. I know he had that kind of... When he first was an independent, he had that sort of... Sort of felt like a, almost like a semi-go at it. And he had some sort mm-hmm. of... like. like Organization, I forget the name, which tells you a lot. Uh, and 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 the people sort of said the truth movement or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Um, but yeah, just wondered if if you think that he might bother to do that. I mean, he, I don't know how old he is exactly, but I imagine it's now like he's well into his seventies. I just wonder, you know, at what point this becomes something that just isn't going to happen. I don't think it would get anywhere personally, but you know, do you guys think there might be something or? I feel like if he was going to do it, he might have done it by now, in all honesty. Um, I think it's possible, uh, definitely. Um, and it would probably, pro- if you if he's going to run again in Islington North, then it would probably make sense for him to do it um, just sort of logistically, because it means that you have, it's much easier to access the kind of national spend. It's a bit different. That, I don't want to get too much into the ins and outs of like <laughs> it, 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 is, 
ele- election expenses, like this time around, the Tories have raised all of the expenses. So even the local limit actually is quite high now. So you don't necessarily need to do it in, you know, it, for example, in 2019, there's quite a lot of Tory independents that actually I think probably had a better shot of winning if they'd have been able to, if they'd have been part of a party that could have spent a bit more money in their constituencies. They basically set themselves up to fail because they were running in largely Tory constituencies where they were at a disadvantage. So Corbyn doing that would give him a bit more flexibility. It does require a lot of admin that he would definitely not be doing himself like he, he'll, he needs a team that can do that it's not any you know i think change uk got themselves in trouble uh, or almost got themselves in trouble with some of the kind of ins and outs of like reporting and things like that if that's not done properly and not set up right that could be a problem but i, I think it's very much if you're gonna if he's gonna run it's definitely something that could happen uh it's also whether they want to try and run a spoiler campaign against steve Khan, whether that's jeremy corbyn or somebody else that gives them a vehicle to do that as well. Uh, there's obviously, um, I was going to say, what's his face? <laughs> the guy in the northeast that's really high profile. Everyone knows <laughs> that that's the one. <laughs> there's, you know, there are people that he could make use of that as well if he if he's uh, running, um, if they set it up in time and all that. So I think th- there's there are uses to a political party if there are you know there are enough reasons to do it um it feels like if he's gonna do it he should probably do it with somebody else it's not like it it's a weird thing to do just to jeremy corbyn it would make sense to try to you know bring some people in and have a proper launch which might be why they haven't done it yet because <laughs> it's just him and... <laughs> sorry sounds like a lot of work i'm not sure we do it. that's what i mean like that's what i mean like there's it yeah it feels like it's the kind of thing that some people probably want him to do um and they're sort of briefing it to try and make it happen, but whether it's actually going to materialise, I'm a bit sceptical. But we'll see. Um, just a quick point before I bring Owen in on Driscoll. His crowdfunder did very well. We mentioned it a few times. But it still hasn't got to the £150,000 goal. So my understanding of GoFundMe, or whichever he's used, is unless you hit your goal, you don't get the money. So I'm not sure he's going to run because he hasn't got that money yet. So I think watch this space on that. I'm not sure he'll be on the ballot. But there you go. And it certainly isn't. He hasn't got the 150 grand that he wanted. It's sitting on 140, I think, now. Which is still, you know, a fairly decent thing, but it hasn't hit the goal. And if you don't hit your goal on crowdfunders, you don't get the cash. So there you go. I don't, again, I'm not claiming to know about all these things, but it seems to me that's a, it's a statement, but he didn't get to the goal, so he's not going to be able to spend it. Who knows? And the people all get their money back. To me, there might be something in that. If if he was really serious, I think he could find ten grand from somewhere to get that money back out. But there you go. But anyway, Owen, I'm, I digress slightly. Don't get <laughs> don't, don't let me sidetrack you on that. But by all means, mention it if you want. Jeremy Corbyn uh, is it? I think I think Carl might have hit the nail on the head. Actually, uh, best comment of the podcast today. I think people wanted to do a Carl. I totally agree with that. I love that. Uh, but Owen, what do you think? Funny enough, I agree. Um, Terrible. Like serious. It's either going to happen soon or not at all. He's announced it, what, uh, at least every six months after 2019. And the Peace and Justice Project has got nowhere, as far as I can understand anyway. Um, he's described that, you know, that it got a bit kind of culty. Um, again. Uh, that shocked you. I know, it was amazing. Um, 
I don't know, it just, he hasn't really got anybody around him. And it was interesting that they showed uh, him asking a question of um, James Pedley. And he just looked lonely, completely lonely, detached from the rest of, well, apart from reality, but from the rest of um, the Commons. But there's not enough people that would be interested, I don't think, anymore. Yeah, I think the big problem that he's got is is obviously quite a few of his acolytes, if you like, people like Richard Bergen, they're, they're still Labour MPs. Now, he's still a Labour member, but he's not a Labour MP, so to, to sort of give up his membership is probably quite a big step that we're not appreciating as well, that he ultimately does still want to be in the Labour Party. He wants the Labour Party to be in a certain place that it isn't anymore, that it used to be under him, um, but he's he's quite happy to just campaign on that basis. And I think at his age, he's probably winding down rather than winding up. And I think to take on a whole new party machinery would be just too much. So I think, yeah, I mean, it may happen. I, I think we would have, I think so it would have come out if it was, and it would have been, because these things take a lot to organise. I think you find out at an early stage, it gets leaked out that something like that's going on. Because unless you just kind of register something and it's not really serious, um, if, if he was going to do it, I imagine he'd do it, he'd do it properly. So yeah, we can we can agree that, in the un, in the unlikely event that we find out tomorrow that he's doing it, we can say that we might be right on that one. I think. Um, so moving on then, uh, Wellingborough by election, and this was the one that I, I guess, not much surprises me in politics until it does. Um, and this is one of those that I think, like, if you just said to me, "Do you think this will happen?" on our podcast, and we managed to find that scenario out somewhere. Uh, pulled that particular rabbit out of the hat, I would have said, no, that's just silly. Of course, they're not going to do that. That would just be silly, wouldn't it? Um, and then here it is. Um, now, of course, I have to be careful in that, you know, a candidate can stand and just because you're someone's partner doesn't mean you don't have the right to stand. It doesn't mean that you can't win. It doesn't mean you wouldn't be a good candidate or a good MP. But to me, it's just, it's all feels like it's interrelated. Um, <clears throat> so Peter Bone's partner's been selected. Um, and means he won't stand as an independent. So I guess, again, being careful not to just disregard someone as someone's partner, do you think that for the Conservative Party, and I'm quite happy for either of you to go first on this, is that a huge own goal or is it a bit of a masterstroke? The thing that really got me about the the whole thing, apart from her being a partner, obviously, was that Sonak hasn't actually endorsed her uh, at all. And from what I can, well, reading through that lines anyway, from what I can gather, he is the chosen candidate of the Tory party chairman, who, as according to not only New Statesman, uh, is setting her up to lose so he can come in in the next election and win the seat back. I Kevin McGuire and Colin Conventual. Now that makes sense. He hasn't got a seat. I doubt he'll get selected anywhere unless there's a real need for sort of. Um, Selections, I think, for the kind of word. Um, so that's, for me, it, it's a mistake. And having lived not too far away, um, the Tory party down there talk incessantly, and there'll be arguments in the background, and I'll get to violence um, and polling day, and I'll be nowhere. So I have no activist do anything. Their members will stay at home, so I feel put out that they've got a candidate they didn't want. He's not been endorsed by the um, Prime Minister. And thirdly, has been basically selected by somebody the majority of 
his policy don't like very much. So it's to me, it's a bit of an own goal. It's a bit obvious uh, and a bit desperate in the end. Yeah, I don't think it was. I mean, I guess in some ways I can see that it's obvious. Um, in other ways, I think it's um, it's difficult. I mean, I have some. I mean, if let's say, presume that she's a serious candidate, who wants to be elected, wants to be an MP, and has that ambition. I feel a little bit sorry for her in some ways because she's she's inherited a situation where it's going to be interpreted, and it may well be accurately interpreted, but it's going to be interpreted as sort of a protest that you know he's now not standing because she is, and it's all just a little bit neat, or it can be described that way, and it sort of almost looks like they're trying to circumnavigate. It's a little bit of a you know sticking the middle finger up a little bit at at the party and at the process, and I just think that won't serve them well out in society because at the end of the day you look back at the reasons that he's no longer MP and that's, you know, you look at the fact that there was a, a recall petition that was signed and sealed and, you know, there was a certain threshold had to be met that people were unhappy enough to sign it. And of course there'll be an element of people that will just sign it anyway, because they don't want it, you know, the MP to be there. But I think, you know, people are moved enough to do that um, and to sign it. Then, you know, people aren't happy. And I think anyone who's sort of on the fence and you, these, t- these types of things you need to win those votes. You have your died in the wall, you know, I'm going to vote for you no matter what. You have your died in the wall. People like us who wouldn't vote for in a million years. And then you have the people in the middle who say, well, you know, I'm going to look at it carefully and make a decision. I think a lot of them, most of them are going to say, hang on, this is just a bit, all a bit strange. Um, so that's my view on it. Uh, Carl, what, what do you think about it all? Um, so I don't feel sorry for her because I think so. I was surprised by this, by the way. I didn't. I thought it was a blue. When I first saw the story, I thought it was a ridiculous thing to do, given he'd had to resign in disgrace. Um, and I, I didn't really understand it until you know you read a bit more into it, and there was quite a lot of briefing afterwards, which came from the Tories and Owens, basically uh, described already. Um, Saying that it was fixed for uh, to stop him from standing, to stop him from standing as independent, he clearly try. He's clearly done some sort of deal. Um, I think one, it's he's done a rubbish deal because she's almost definitely going to lose this by election, and it sounds like from what Owen said, she's then not going to be the candidate after that, and he's lost all of his leverage at that point anyway, uh, unless he tries to stand as an independent in general election, which probably wouldn't work. Um, and doesn't have the same kind of fear factor for the Tories to get them to do something. Um, uh, but also from her perspective, it's politically, you know, if if you're an aspiring politician, you know, she's clearly like a councillor. She's you know, she's has her own. She has merits of her own to uh, get into a position like this. She could have done this separately at the general election. Um, she could have, there are lots of other ways um, that she could have got selected uh, in a winnable seat um, and this was always going to look bad um, and so I think it's a sort of failure of political nous to kind of go along with this deal both on the part of Peter Bone and, and on her um, it may be that she succeeds in the future you know either it helped by this or hindered by it but I don't think it was a good idea to do um and yeah, it feels like it's just going to be another one that we win, 
Um, and it'll be interesting to see whether we hold it on polling day. I mean, at the moment, you know, poll, the, the latest poll shows we're going to win and hold most seats in the country. So that'll be nice to see. Excuse my coughing. Um, that'll be nice to see. But yeah, it's it's just a it's a it's a weird, odd story, and it shows the weakness of Rishi Sunak really, because um, any other prime minister would have told Peter Bone to take a running jump and not done this. Um, but they've just decided not to have the row. Um, I'll be honest, I hate the... I clarify the saying I feel sorry for just by saying only if she's a very genuine candidate and it wasn't any sort of fix. Now, I think the chance of that is very small. It's it's an odd situation that I feel Peter Bone has sort of done what he might be expecting to do and tried to... It's sort of, like I say, it just feels like the stick of the middle finger up at, at democracy in some ways, just trying to be clever. And I don't think that that's a place for it. And I think they're going to pay for it at the ballot box more than they might have done if they picked a different candidate. I think they would have still lost the seat. But I feel like the public are going to sort of say that, that they don't like it. And I think I think you're going to see that in the result. Um, and it feels that on the basis of the question, I asked a huge own goal. I think that, the, and again, and I agree, Carl, uh, the fact that Sunak couldn't step in and go, yeah, okay, enough's enough. When you get this, do it properly. Um, you know, because some sometimes you've got to be protected from yourselves. And whilst he's clearly got to be in his bonnet, he's got an axe to grind against everything because he's upset he lost his seat. To do this is just not good. And I think the public will look to very, very unfavorably at it. And I uh, look forward to seeing the results because I think it'll be a good one for us. And yeah, I think they will be very upset with him. And you'll see it. Uh, so the next one, because time is getting on, we're not doing too bad though. Um, is the Green Party has announced that it will stand a full slate of candidates for the first time. And I'm asking, are they poised for a breakthrough? Um, now, I was quite interested in in why they would announce this. Like, they're going to stand a full slate. It's interesting because we know that the Conservative Party have used the issue of net zero to sort of as a sort of call to arms in some ways to the certain sections of the party. And they've been, the sceptics, uh, you know, have put out, and I think the Greens have sort of pushed back against that by saying they're going to stand someone everywhere. Clearly they're on the side of protecting the environment, obviously, and they are going to hope that people who feel passionate about the environment will vote for them. Owen, uh, will it work? Well, um, you, you won't be surprised to learn that I'm, I'm not a fan of the Greens. Um, based on various experiences, uh, say in York and elsewhere, but I think it's given it's taken them this long to be able to actually have a full slate is indicative really of what their strategy is. It's kind of in, in the end, it's clickbait for their own members because oh, look, we're standing a full slate, but if you ask, well, why now? I don't really say anything in reply. I mean, the only place I can think of where they, they might get something uh, is Worcester, because they're in overall control there uh, for the first time ever. Mm. But that does presume that they're going to pull anywhere near us, which I don't think they will. Um, they're not terribly competent when they're in a coalition or as in Worcester and I think, well, leave alone Brighton uh, on, on bin contracts, but it's to me, like I say, it is clickbait for their members. It's not convincing. Um, and in the end, it's, it, 
it was announced a great fanfare and appeared on Twitter and stuff, sorry, X uh, and stuff, but it's not had much traction since then. So, in essence, what was the point other than to get headlines? Seeking headlines, you end up in that situation where people start to notice. So, that's kind of really where I'm currently at. I mean, I'm not really fussed with them either way, but it's kind of, we'll see. So, Carl, I'm interested, obviously, that uh, your views on that, but also, I feel like with the climate being so important and we're all into net zero and saving the environment, protecting the environment, they should have a breakthrough in theory. Um, or is it that it's just it's too narrow? What's your views on... Because I, I always think that the Greens should do slightly better than what they do. Um, the people maybe, you know, where the people who care about the environment a lot should be attracted by them in theory. Um, but like Owen says, they, they, they just haven't made that breakthrough. So... What's your views on both the announcement and, you know, their sort of performance in elections? Um, so I don't think they're going to have a breakthrough. It's a hard no. Um, uh, I don't really, yeah, it's, like you say, it's, it's an odd thing to announce. It kind of makes it, it's, yeah, it's impressive for them. They're probably very pleased with themselves. It's not an easy thing to do as a small party to run a full set of candidates. Um, so, you know, fair play to them. They managed to find... Um, I'm trying to think of the. It's not 650 because they're presumably not standing in Northern Ireland, um, but upwards of 600 people to stand all over the country and put up deposits as well, um, which is no small thing. Um, I I don't have a sense of how the Greens are going to do this time. It feels like they should get squeezed quite heavily because of how well Labour are doing and because how of how unpopular the Conservatives are. Um, it feels very much at the moment like uh, you know there is a kind of united, a fairly united uh, group. I was going to say united left, but it isn't really. It's the, most of the country at the moment are <laughs> kind of quite sick of the, the Conservative government. Uh, that could change. Um, but I think, yeah, in most places, the, the Greens will get squeezed quite heavily. Um, there's a sort of caveat to, to that in the sense that um, a bit like, um, if for well, I think we all remember the 2010 election, um, where after the first debate, uh, Peter Mandelson uh, talked up Nick Clegg quite heavily and... Um, did quite a good job, at least early in the election, of, of lifting the Lib Dem vote. Uh, there is a kind of incentive on the other side for the Conservatives to try find ways to push Labour voters to smaller parties like the Greens and Lib Dems, um, <clears throat> particularly in kind of marginal constituencies. I think there's also potentially... Uh, an avenue like you say because of the kind of the environment being an issue uh because actually there are people on the on the left that are a bit um for lots of different reasons but uh one particularly that we've talked about before are a bit annoyed with Keir Starmer um for being so successful in um bringing in former conservative voters and others that they might use that particularly in kind of safer labor seats to use the greens as a sort of vehicle for a bit of a protest vote which probably offers them a kind of which might offer them in the future an avenue to uh, a few seats if we get a labor government so i think yeah it, it'll be it'll be a sort of maybe a bit i think hopefully what will happen is on election night and the day after we'll all be very excited uh that we've got a majority Labour government but one of the things that might be a bit interesting is see what happens with the green vote i 
if I was going to make a prediction and we haven't got it on our list of predictions to make, but I think they will lose their one seat this time. Yeah, no, I think that's that's fair. Um, I think it's good to stand in and, you know, we, we, we like giving people that democratic choice. Uh, and for me, you know, I'm not sure, I don't know how many they stood in last time, but it'd be interesting to know how big an announcement that is. I think they're in quite a lot, so I don't think it's a huge, massive step up from where they were last time. Um, but thanks for that, guys. Uh, so the last major topic we're going to talk about tonight, uh, I've got about eight to eight minutes to go, um, is Rishi Sunak has given the go-ahead for Labour to begin talks with the civil service. And Keir Starmer has written to Simon Chase to uh, say that he formally wants to start those talks. Um, I believe these are called access talks. I may have that uh, slightly incorrect. Um, yes, Carl, do you want to tell us a little bit about what these are and and if it's significant or whether it's just standard? Um, I think it's significant in the sense it's it's quite late. Uh, Labour have requested these quite late in the day, particularly if they, you know, there was if there was a genuine sense that there would be a, a May election. Uh, it's not a lot of time to to have these conversations uh, with the civil service, which is basically preparing. You know, it's the opposition to this um, in advance of all elections, um, and normally they request it, and the prime minister allows it, which is what's happened here um, to prepare for the becoming the next government for delivering their manifesto and talking through the kind of uh, policy options, proposals, trade-offs, all those kind of things. Um, and it's quite a short amount. It's short, even if we have a late election, but it is, it's, it's an all right amount of time. If the election's sooner, it's actually, it'll be quite a, you know, it'll, it'll be quite a tight turnaround, I think, for shadow ministers and Secretary of State to, to get their... Um, well, basically, get the kind of uh, policy proposals um, in front of the civil service and um, get some of the kind of feedback and options um, that you want to have ready because you want to be able to have a king's speech and know what you know, know what bills you're going to have and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so far, none of that's happened. Yeah, I think Trump has said that he wants to be in a position to make decisions quick. Um, worth saying, just for the benefit of people who don't know, that access talks happen every every election, even when there's no prospect of change, or at least the options there if, if the opposition wants to do it. It just gives everyone a chance to, to just smooth that transition. The civil service has to follow the direction of government, so they want to know what type of things they might have to do, and they can prepare to a degree for that uh, massive change that happens or just very, very quickly at the, the drop of the, the ballot box. So, uh, Owen, uh, what was your views on this? Is, is It has come quite late. Is there anything you want to say in regards to it? Or is it is this just, you know, imagine the box sounded. I mean, it is late. But according to the mirror, Sonic actually blocked the talks beginning. So you kind of think, well, if he wants to spring an election on, on people, you, you don't let the opposition in to a position where they can actually have a, a conversation with the civil servants that we're dealing with. Um, so maybe it's his sort of last gamble or something along that kind of line. But it's, I don't know, it, it seems a bit odd that he didn't invite us in earlier, true. But there again, maybe he's got other things to concentrate on, like um, Rwanda, maybe, I don't know. 
Yeah, no, I, and there's, there's actually one issue I want to bring in just to get your views on very, very quickly, just before we move to the predictions. Um, obviously, the, the thing that we didn't have on the agenda that probably should have done was the Horizon Post Office uh, situation. Um, any, is there anything you guys want to say on that, Carl? I'll start with you, just to sort of the way that that's played out, and I'll give my, I've got a little bit of insight to offer on that. Um, I think I mentioned in the past, but I'll do it again. Um, it's obviously a huge issue, and the talk of it. I guess the question I'll ask you is accountability. Who do you think should get it? And uh, anything else you want to say just on that? I may as well. Like, what do we, do we need to include it just quickly? Who do I think should get it? <laughs> <laughs> who who should be on the chopping block for this? Um, yes. To be honest, I was I was going to talk about it in the predictions when we were talking about party leaders staying on going. There's uh, that's, Ed, what, that's uh, what triggered it in my head. Ed Davy, <laughs> you can talk about it now. Go for it. Well, actually, we'll start with that one. In fact, I'm going to. We're going to combine it, Carl, because we're out of time. Will the party leaders survive? By all Ed- means, mention that one, but we'll start with Ed Davey. <laughs> Ed Davey. No, I mean, Ed Davey's has had it bad from um, from the tabloids on this. Um, it hasn't come out well at all. Um, has had a few uh, sort of awkward... Well, he's, he's quite an awkward guy anyway, but he's had quite a few awkward interviews the, I think the last one he did um the interviewer tried to get him to apologize five or six times and he re- he basically refused um which I th- I personally think is a bit off I think there's no reason he, I think he should apologize um because he clearly you know he was one of he was one of several he wasn't the only minister responsible but he was the minister at quite a yeah, arguably quite a pivotal po- point for the the scandal um he tried and the Lib Dems defense was that he was the first minister um to meet with I think Alan Bates, wasn't it? Um and they made quite a big thing of that, which again I, f- I felt the tone was all off. Like it, it was quite a pious kind of tone, or you know, we at least we met with him. Well yeah, you met with him and you told him to get lost. I mean that's not really a <laughs> That you're missing out quite an important part of the story, and then later on, you, um, you know, it wasn't just your role as a minister. Later on, you were paid by a legal firm to advise the post office <laughs> on the scandal, um, to which you should probably give that money back. I think. So I think there are. I think he will survive because I don't think there's any appetite in the Lib Dems to get rid of him um, at all. I don't think there's a huge. I don't think there's a huge benefit either way as to whether he stays or not. I don't think people really know who he is. They, some more people will know who he is now, and they probably won't have you know, his approval ratings. Have I think in the polls gone down? Um, but the extent to which his profile or not is going to affect what the Lib Dems do so far doesn't seem to. Yeah, you know, their polling is about ten, eleven percent. It's down on the last election, but it's not. Yeah, you know, it's not really changed for three or four years now. So I, yeah, I think he'll stay. Um, I I think he probably should go. I think if you know, it would be good if he took accountability. And I, again, I, start, I need to stop mentioning Danny Finkelstein, <laughs> as if we're sort of <laughs> somehow all of a sudden now we we have the same views on everything. But his his kind of view, and I, again, I kind of agree with him, is that the role of uh, Lib Dem leader is not an important role in politics. Generally, you don't achieve a lot as the Lib Dem leader. It's not hugely important. 
who's in the role, uh, particularly for the next election. The Lib Dems are basically their whole strategy is to hide um, and try and um, not be noticed and suck up Labour votes in places where Labour aren't going to be campaigning a lot. That's basically their, their strategy. So it could be a daily or any other person in that job. Um, but actually, the sort of Danny Finkel standpoint was he could make a stand and say, actually, nobody else is taking accountability. I will. That's what the Lib Dems do, you know, when they're when they're in this kind of position. And that would give him, yeah, he'd get probably get more coverage for that than anything else. And probably in a more positive light and it would allow the Lib Dems to kind of put the you know put the focus potentially back on the Tories but he's not you know there's there's a whole this is a quite a systemic failure um it's not all hit on him um he does also and it's just as an aside because I know I've talked about this probably more than you uh, wanted me to, Malcolm. <laughs> there is there's a part a, a party in in Kingston called Kingston Independence who I don't know that they are kind of they're they're basically lots of former UKIP members. There, you know, there's a mixture of people that's, that might be being a bit unfair to them, but that's sort of where they a chunk of them come from. And it turns out one of their one of their number is a sub postmaster, uh, so is going to be running quite heavily against Ed Davy personally in his constituency on this issue. Um, so it's gonna it's gonna feature for him quite heavily in the election, regardless of whether it sort of features more widely um so it's it's definitely a problem for him uh whether it's i don't think it's a, a fatal to his leadership um at all um but yeah that's my view what do you think Owen? any any sort of i, I, I agree largely um i think the problem of having an increasing number of sub postmasters who've gone to prison incorrectly coming out following the, the drama is going to make it very hard for him, given that uh, that letter saying, don't come and meet me, I'm sorry, I'm too busy. It's doing the rounds on, on Twitter's back end. Um, knowing a few sub-postmasters who have gone through that, they're not going to let it go. And that could potentially persuade them to vote in a certain way. But I mean, you'd obviously do uh, on the election, the scandal continue to build in the same way it has done since uh, December. Um, if magically the Tories find some money to pay, for, uh, pay compensation with, that could change things. But there again, given how connected Davy is to it, it's not the best look ahead of an election, put that way. Yeah, no, I think it was a terrible scandal. And uh, I remember I dealt with casework uh, with one, one lady who came in, had all she had was very... Uh, old handwritten sheets of paper with notes on that initially it didn't look that convincing I'll be honest it just looked like someone who'd been done for fraud who said I'm innocent um, and then over time I realised that you know there was something in this in terms of um, there was a lot more people saying the same thing and that's usually a clue when you know you, you sort of come across one then you come across another and you think ah okay when there was that many uh, but it was still quite a small pressure group I remember the website was terrible so it didn't look brilliant initially and I think, yeah, it's, it's really good that eventually they've got to a point where it's been acknowledged that this is not, that they are right. Um, and they're quite rightly going to get compensated for it. Um, the issue of what what is enough, I think I, I think they're going to find that nobody, the, the tragedy of this is a lot of people died before it was sorted. You can never get that time back. You can never get that stress rid. 
and I, I you know, I think some of them are wanting sort of, you know, to to reach a point, you know, someone getting put in jail and make them feel better. Probably won't. Um, and that's 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 a real tragedy for me that you know ultimately the damage is done emotionally and and that it's very hard to sort of the closure that they want. I hope they can get it. I, I fear that they might struggle. Um, more quickly because we are slightly over jazz uh, in terms of Rishi Sunak is probably the big one because we think Kia probably will survive. I would imagine. Um, do we think there's any chance of a Tory? Very good. We really sort of super quick when you explain this. Do, do you think the Tories Rishi Sunak survives? I think the question is, I guess, does he survive the year? I think that well, probably depends on when the election is. I think will yeah. he survive? To the, will he survive to the election? I think there's still a chance that they get him out because um, the probably uh, you know we don't like you say we don't know um, how many letters are in, but I wouldn't surprise me if there's quite a few because there's a sort of why not at this point. <laughs> I would have stopped me. I'll be honest. That would really shock me. I think. It's not that I disagree it could happen. Um, I, I, I just think it's a, it would just be... I mean, he would instantly call an election anyway, uh, I think. I mean, uh, what would you do? I, I mean, well, if, whether I, he can or not. That's that scenario, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, I think Chris Goodmore has proven that more likely, you know, people just start calling by-elections left, right and centre <laughs> rather than that. Well, we should have mentioned it. Damn it. Um, but yeah, I don't think he'll survive the year because I think he'll lose the election. That's my mm-hmm. prediction. Well, um, yeah, I agree. Looking at who spoke in the Rwanda debate, uh, obviously, um, you know, like the former Home Secretary made her pick, but looking at people like Robert Jenrick, he's changed his image slightly, he's a lot more sharp. Uh, and I think people are looking beyond Sunak now, uh, which they weren't really doing before Christmas, but now that things are going a bit perfect on the single flagship policy they've got left in the King's feet. It's unlikely he'll survive the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, presumably, um, Robert Jenrick was going to a job interview later that day. That's probably why he's to work coaching a job since. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I think we've, we've discussed the the next prediction, which is when's the election. So uh, I uh, Carl is saying. Uh, I think we should. I think we should choose a date. I think I'm going to say the. I'm going to say Halloween, 31st of October. And just to frame it for you guys, I checked, and the U.S. elections is on Tuesday, the fifth of November. If that affects your prediction or not, maybe. Go on, then. One is yours. Fourth of May. Second of May. Does it make sense? Yeah. Time to turn up. And is it, is it a Thursday though? It's always a Thursday. Yeah. Did yeah. Okay. Second of May. That's very very possible. I'm gonna go for seventh of November because have you just said what? What day did you give Carl? It was a Tuesday. Tuesday is the fifth. Tuesday, seventh of November because it's a Thursday. Um, but I, but my my sort of additional prediction will be that it gets announced at conference just for the crack. Cool. Let's hope for the best. Sorry, I wanted to spat his beer out. I do apologize. <laughs> and then the next one, which is which is Carl, I'm gonna bring you in first, Carl, because you put this on. Uh, how many by-elections? Now, we did have the sad news on a serious point that Tony Lloyd passed away. Uh, so that obviously, a Labour MP for a long time. Very sad. Uh, he, he very recently announced that he had an incurable form of leukaemia. Uh, he only lasted days, bless him, after that. So very sad to hear about that. Um, and there'll be a by-election that, you know, 
Labour will clearly hold that one and hopefully it doesn't get contested as is the custom, but we'll wait and see. It's a convention more than a rule. Um, but that's one, sadly. Uh, I guess we're, we're talking about probably more like Tory resignations or scandals. Um, a number, Carl. What, what do you reckon? Um, so we're already on three at the moment. Um, I reckon we can easily squeeze in another couple uh, before November. So I'll go Conservative five. Okay. I'll, that's, I'll be in that ballpark. So just for the benefit of being differential, I'll go for four just to be... But I think if, if, if you left me to it, I'd probably agree with you. So... I'll say four just, just to be different. What do you reckon? Or don't feel pressured to say something else. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to be the UN and say between three and five. So you never know. It's a, it's a, it's a fine hedge. I love it. Um, it's, I think, yeah, I think I would, I think we're all pretty uniform. I, I think definitely the, the point we're making, there's definitely room for another couple. Um, and yeah, I was surprised by Chris Skidmore in some ways, but not in others. Um, he deviated drastically from the, the Tory party. Um, and he's also he's also got a job that pays in net zero that pays him eighty thousand pounds a year. Just which a, is about what he gets as MP. Although MP's salaries are going up, aren't they? To ninety <laughs> something. So he's actually thrown away a few quid. Never mind. I mean, I a, I mean, I'm not going to list all of his different interests. He does have more money coming in than that. I'm just going to put that out there. Probably <laughs> not. Well, what you're saying is it's not meaning a financial decision. Yeah, uh, what I'm saying is, if he's already got himself a job lined up, it's not as big a, a wrench, is it? Um, and particularly yeah. when your other job somewhat conflicts with your job that you're doing at the moment. Oh, yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, so that that's about it, gentlemen. Um, I think that just about wraps things up for this week. Uh, so any final words before we finish? And I'll start first with Owen. Um, well, here's the next Labour government. I think they've done things. Thank you. Um, you uh, my only, my final word is that we. I was also going to try and get you guys to land on numbers of seats, but I think we should save that for another podcast. So we're going to have to predict numbers of seats at some point. I've seen some pretty diabolical predictions for the Tories, so um, I, it'll be a case of what do I think is going to happen versus what do I hope happens. Uh, but I, we will we will return another day to that. So. Yeah, thanks to both of you for your time and to everyone for listening in. We're sorry it's taken so long to to come back, but we are back. And as promised, we hadn't quit. I know there was there was rumours around the internet. There was rumours, um, but they they were found. So Danny Finkelstein spoke about nothing else on his podcast. Carl, you speak to your mate and get you know we need to get him on. Um, right, thanks again, everyone. Have a great week, and we'll see you all next time. <laughs>